Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. The question to ask today is, do we really want to return to normal? And I can hear you all out there right now screaming, oh my God, yes, we want to return to normal. Because everyone's asking these days, when are we going to get back to normal? We're suffering several different crises all at once. The pandemic, the economic crisis, the crisis related to the freshly seen revelations of abuse to persons of color and black people, the political crisis, the climate crisis. And I would add to that, there's still an ongoing crisis about bias toward women and bias toward LGBTQ folks. So all we can think about now is going back to the way it used to be. But the way it used to be is what got us here. We got ourselves here through our denial and our bias and our irresponsibility for our government. And if we go back to the way it was, we'll just end up here again. No, this is a time that calls for transformation, mental, emotional, and soulful transformation so that we are forever changed by these multiple crises. This is a show all about how we can make these transformations to create a new and much more spiritually accurate ordinariness. Stay here for it. So let's first talk about these different crises for just a minute. I mean, most of us are aware that we're in the midst of a, of a pandemic that is global. It's not just hitting the United States. However, the United States has a higher rate of death and disease than any other developed country in the world. And uh, that the, re- the reason that's being given for that is that we have not had leadership to help us to know the direction to take, or actually take the direction that we've been given by the CDC uh, to wear masks, to wash our hands, to stay socially distant, um, and in, in some instances when it's really bad to even close down. Those, were the, those are the things that have worked for other countries where they've, uh, when, even for the states that have uh, implemented these procedures and insisted on them, their rates of COVID response, response have gone down tremendously. So, We know that it works, but we're not working it. And we're not working it because our leadership is not demanding that we work it. And and so uh, that's a part of the political crisis that's mixed with the pandemic that's uh, adding more to the problem of the pandemic. And so we have people who now are raiding, uh, um, not raiding, attempting to kidnap the governor of Michigan because she implemented procedures to... uh, bring the COVID right down. Uh, It's really strange that when she was trying to save their lives, they hated her for it, but they did. And so that's the kind of divisiveness that our political crisis has added to this mix, this brew of several other crises all at once. Um, We also have an economic crisis, and we had an economic crisis before the pandemic because there were still people in America who couldn't afford their health care, who couldn't afford to eat, who were getting low wages and couldn't live on their own because of uh, the, the uh, minimum wage. They could not survive on that on their own. They, nobody could rent an apartment on that rate. Nobody could to pay their power bill and their gas bill and their water bill on that rate. Nobody could do it. 
because that rate is too low. And so that crisis was ongoing and had been ongoing uh, for, for years before uh, the, the pandemic occurred. And then the pandemic occurred and we had to close things down. And we did that in response to, and very responsibly, to a crisis. Some states didn't do it. Some states did do it. Some states opened up sooner than other states. And some states' COVID rates went flying back right up to the top when they did that. So, um, again, the political climate is mixed in with the economic crisis that is, uh, that is apparent for us. You know, we keep being told by the government that, our, that the economy is great. And what they're talking about when they say that is that for people that are wealthy and have stocks, the economy's doing okay. Uh, but we are in greater debt as a nation than we have ever been. Um, and the debt went up tremendously in the past four years, more than it ever has. And, uh, and so we're not in a good economy. This is not a good economy. You can't weigh your debt heavy down and say you have a good economy. That would be kind of like being in $40,000 debt of credit cards and yet telling yourself everything's okay, we're fine. What happens when you're in $40,000 debt of credit cards is that you've got these huge bills to pay every month. And generally speaking, you can't pay that because you're, you're not earning enough money to pay those bills at $40,000. So, um, you know, that's the kind of debt we're in right now as a nation. And so our economy is in crisis. And we've, we've had revealed to us, and I, I don't say this is a new racial crisis because it's not a new racial crisis. It's a very old, old, old racial crisis that has been ongoing since the birth of our nation. Um, and and what, it, what it basically is saying is that people of color mm-hmm. and black people don't, are not equal to us. They don't have to be treated as equal people. They don't have to have the same rights. And so there's been multiple, mu- multiple abuses over the years, housing abuses, food abuses, financial abuses, um, physical abuses, mental abuses, emotional abuses that have taken place for centuries for people of color and black people. And uh, the Native Americans were the first to uh, suffer that when, they, when we came over here and called them all savages and killed them all off and said, this is our land and you can't have it because you're not Christian. Um, and and uh, that's the first thing. The second thing was slavery. Um, but we, we do it with brown people. We do it with Asians. We, we're, we are a, a, have systemic bias in this country favoring white people. And I happen to be a white person, and I'm sorry that, that my race has done that. But it is, uh, it is true that this thing has been ongoing forever. But what's been revealed to us most recently is camera video shots of people abusing black persons who are uh, being arrested for whatever reason by the police. And we also have police breaking into Breonna Taylor's house and she's laying in the bed sleeping and got shot, but nobody got, uh, nobody got uh, arrested. Well, they got arrested, but they didn't get uh, indicted for that. So um, when these things happen, what's, what we begin to do is look at this whole racial bias thing with fresh eyes. 
and more white people are waking up to the fact now that there is bias in the police departments, bias in our government, bias everywhere toward black people and people of color. And so we're waking up to that revelation. So that has created a new crisis. And so there's protests. And so and some of those protests have broken into riots. I'm not sure the cause of the riots. There's some suspicion that uh, white supremacist groups have broken into those groups and pretended to be uh, all Blacks Matter, pe- uh, all Black Lives Matter people. And they are uh, causing the riots and blaming it on the Black Lives Matter people. Um, we're not, I'm not sure. We don't have the facts on that, but there's some suspicion of that. Um, but there have been several peaceful protests that have been stopped by government, too. So we're having that crisis. And, uh, and so, so, so that's been ongoing also. Um, then, of course, there's the political crisis. And the political crisis is uh, uh, what's being shown to us is Again, what has been going on for centuries, but is now being revealed to us, blatantly shown uh, shown to us, that our government lies, that the people in our government lie, they trick, they manipulate, they are corrupt. And that's what we're, we're seeing. And we're seeing it massively to such a degree that uh, I think somebody said over 28,000 lies had been told by our president. Um uh, we have uh, the attorney general changing his job description to say that he is now going to defend the president, which is not his job at all. He's supposed to be for the people of America, not for the president of America. And he uh, and, and, and then the charge was for sexual assault, that he's going to defend the president on those charges. Um, we see these kinds of things go on every day. And every day there's a new lie or a new... Um, revelation of corruption that we see all the time and it's disturbing at a fundamental level because now what, what because we can see it it's always been the case uh, but it's more the case now because uh, because uh, the political uh, party that's in control is de- definitely has a firm agenda and they're shoving that agenda down our throats and they're telling us this is how it's going to be because we're right and you're wrong and that's not the way America is supposed to be run. America is supposed to have a three-party system and a balance of power. And uh, so what's try- what they're trying to do right now is, uh, particularly with these um, hearings for Amy Coney Bryant, they are trying to say we're going to make the Supreme Court a party, uh, owned by the party, the Republican Party. We want it to be run by party politics instead of run by objective justice. And that's not what the Supreme Court was formed to do. It was formed to be the body that had no political parties attached to it and could operate objectively. Um, But now we see that this kind of corruption is ongoing. Uh, And and so when when we talk about that kind of corruption, what we're saying is we now see how corrupt our government has been. And then because it has always been corrupt, now we can see that it's getting more and more corrupt because once you allow it to happen on some level, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And so that's what's happened. What we have done in the past as citizens is we've, you know, kind of said, well, I vote or I don't vote. You know, I'll just, you know, I I can relax a little bit. I don't really have to pay attention much to what's going on because, you know, I'm, I'm, 
everything goes pretty smoothly. Things are okay for me and and mine, and so I'm okay. So I I can I can take the privilege of not voting if I don't want to, or I can take the privilege of not really paying attention to what's going on in the government. I remember the Jay Leno shows of about five or ten years ago where he went out on the streets and asked people uh, about historical figures or historical questions, and there was very little knowledge about who the president was, who the first president was, or who Abraham Lincoln was, or, you know, just basic fundamental history. People didn't know it because they didn't have to, because we trusted that our government was going to take good care of things. Now people don't trust that anymore because they see how very corrupt it's become. And so that's a crisis. So what we're seeing, as I've said in other shows, is the shadow of America. We're seeing the shadow of America revealed before our eyes. All these things have always been ongoing. We've had illnesses that have come and gone. We've had, we had a 2008, uh, uh, not 2000, um, 1918 uh, pandemic as well that killed lots and lots of people. And these, so these crises come and go over time. How we handle them is very, very important. We have completely mishandled this one. And so it's ongoing and, People are asking, are we in the second uh, wave or are we, are we um, still in the first wave because we haven't ever really resolved the first wave um, because it's been mishandled. It's been botched from the get beginning where science has been told to shut up and politics has been, told, has been given the louder voice. And so uh, that, that crisis is evident to us now. We can see it. If we're looking, if we're conscious, if we're paying attention, and if we're not being programmed by propaganda, we are, we are tuned into the fact that we are in a massive crisis that has everything to do with whether or not democracy is going to last in America. The country was set up as a democracy to allow for equality of all people of all races. It was set up as a democracy to allow to have a three-party system that was a balance of power with one party one one of those branches of government not having any political uh, affiliation, and uh, and that's all changed now. And um, we we while we were signing the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, we were running slaves through our system. Um, so we've always had a, a hypocrisy that's gone on, and it could be now that it's time for us to change that. This is a spiritual crisis. Why is it spiritual? Because it has everything to do with the soul of America. It has everything to do with the soul of all of us as people. And we're going to talk about it today as a spiritual crisis. And we're going to talk about how we can transform uh, and use this crisis to help us transform into a nation of spiritual people um, who, who really do believe that all people are created equal and do have an objective third branch of the government and do not let corruption run our government and uh, uh, do allow for people of different races and women and and uh, LGBTQ people to to have their freedoms um, and their equality and their equal rights. Uh, these, these are the things that are up for grabs right now and they are fundamental to a spiritual existence. The, the, the knowledge that all people are created equal and are given equal rights, 
is fundamental to our spirituality. Regardless of your religion, it's fundamental to spirituality. Uh, the idea of a, of a democracy that takes care of its people, and, and by that I don't mean that the people are dependent on the government. What I mean by that is that people are allowed to have health care and it's a given right. It's not a, it's not a privilege, it's a right. Um, people are allowed to uh, operate in their work and enjoy their work and their pursuit of happiness um, and it is their right to do so. Um, in the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights, we are given the freedom of speech and the freedom of assembly and th- three other rights that have to do with our basic human rights as people. And those things are trampled all over every day by the corrupt government. Freedom of speech, for example, um, our government now is telling us which people to listen to, which news to listen to and which not to listen to. The, these people over here are liars because they tell the truth about me. And these people over here are telling the truth because they tell lies about me. And that, that kind of, uh, that has nothing to do with freedom of speech. So again, we're operating in a hypocrisy instead of operating from an authentic spirituality. And this is our opportunity to transform ourselves as individuals and, our, and ourselves as a collective into the, a nation of, of spiritual beings who, are, who truly are living up to what we said we were going to live up to. This is a grand opportunity for that. We're fi- not fighting an external enemy like we did in World War I and World War II. We're fighting an internal enemy, and it's us. We have the op- option of, of, of going forward into a new spiritual identity or staying in the past where corruption runs our government and losing our democracy. That's the other option. We could literally lose democracy over this. And what that would mean is a dictatorship. And uh, that's, that's what's up for grabs. So when we talk about um, transformation, we're not just talking about uh, individual transformation. We're talking about the collective transformation. How does a collective transform? Well, that's what we're going to talk about right after the break. Stay tuned for more. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you ever feel that life is overwhelming and your thoughts are all over the place? Do you always think you need more but feel less satisfied no matter what? Are you looking for a little bit of clarity and peace and a whole lot of joy and playfulness? Join Jan Christensen and Marnix Powells as they reveal the secret of the human experience to help you find your magnificent mind. A Magnificent Mind airs Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you inspired by stories about personal empowerment, well-being, and the motivation to achieve more? Get ready for Next Steps Forward with Chris Meek. Each week, Chris will talk with experts and icons from different walks of life who personify energy, direction, excitement, and purpose as they take bold steps forward in pursuit of excellence and service to others. Tune in to Next Steps Forward, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. 
This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about the question, do we, want to really, do we really want to return to normal? And so let's talk just a little bit about what we mean by normal. What was normal? Well, for, for the black people in the United States, what was normal was abuse. Um, being treated differently because you're black. Being told you can't have housing because you're black. Being told you can't have a job because you're black. Being abused by the police because you're black. Um, uh, not for a while, not even being allowed to vote because you're black. The same for true with, with women. Women were not allowed to vote uh, until in, in the early 1900s. And uh, that took them 40 years to make that happen. The women's suffrage movement took 40 years. The civil rights movement for black people and people of color has taken two centuries and is still not resolved. Women's rights are still not resolved. The ERA has not passed. Um, there's resistance to that. And one of the main resistors was a woman, a female, who was totally against uh, women's rights and fought against it and kept the ERA from getting passed. Uh, so um, that was normal. It was normal to treat people differently because they were of a different race or a different uh, uh, gender. It was normal to treat gays and lesbians and bisexual people and transgender people with disdain and cruelty and mockery. It was normal. That was a normal thing to do. Uh, now they say it's PC to say LGBTQ, and it's, uh, it's not PC to say sexual preference. Well, we heard today or yesterday we heard uh, Amy Conan Barrett use the word sexual preference, which says she needs some education about LGBTQ rights. It is not a preference. It is not a choice. It is, a, it is an orientation that comes from birth. And, and so her, her lack of education could impact the way she rules in court. Um, so uh, that was normal. It was normal for politicians to lie. Everybody knew it. Everybody joked about it. Everybody thought it was just normal stuff. Of course, politicians lie. They have to lie to get their work done. You have to be a narcissist to be a politician. That's what we used to say. Now we've got an extreme malignant narcissist running our country. So we, we're these are the things that are, 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 are were normal. And they of course, they've all gotten worse and worse and worse over time because what we concept, accept as normal gets promoted. And if we promote it, it's going to keep going. The climate crisis, which I didn't get to address in the last segment, the climate crisis is upon us. We're looking at a 10-year, maybe nine-year window of when we're going to see some disastrous results from not attending to the climate crisis. And yet we've got climate deniers in our government who are telling us, oh, we don't need to worry about that. We just need to keep investing in oil and fossil fuels. 
And and uh, so we're not going to invest any. We're not going to create an infrastructure that is uh, climate appropriate. We're not going to use wind and solar power for our for our energy. We're not going to do that. No, let's don't do that. Let's just keep doing what we've always done because that's what gets me money. That's how I line my pockets. And uh, so let's keep doing that. Um, so when we talk about uh, what was normal, what was normal was uh, um, not being able to get appropriate health care. People going bankrupt because they couldn't get appropriate health care. And now we're in a pandemic where we can see that some people literally are dying because they don't have appropriate health care. They can't get it. They can't afford it. Um, and and when we, so the pandemic is like shoving our face in the fact that we don't look at health as an important issue and as as important governmental, societal, collective issue. We just leave it up to the rugged individualist who's just supposed to take care of himself, and that's his job or her job, and that's just supposed to be how it is. And if they don't get it, well, they'll just die, and that's just another person who didn't take care of themselves. And that that attitude has been the basic attitude of one party of our government. The other party has believed, uh, Ted Kennedy was one of the strongest proponents of a national health care plan that said that we need to take care of our citizens. We need to make health care a right. And one of the reasons for that was his own son's illness, and he saw how poorly uh, the insurance programs take care of people with illnesses. And there are people out there at this moment right now who are going bankrupt because of an illness, a cancer, a COVID-19, uh, 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 some other issue that has caused extensive um, you know, damage to their economics. I went into the hospital uh, a year ago for a procedure, overnight procedure. When I got the bill for it, I did not have to pay it, of course, because I have good insurance. But the bill was $129,000 for one night of care. And the the procedure that I had was a fairly uh, technical procedure, and it took five hours. But $129,000, if I'd had to pay that, I would have had to go bankrupt to do it. Um, So our health care has always been a problem, and now it's in our face that we have a major problem with health care. And so we can't get around that. Uh, the economy has always been a problem for some people. So other people get rich and get wealthy, and maybe they've inherited money, or maybe they earn money. But whatever the case, they keep their money, and they hoard their money, and they hold on to their money, and they don't share it, except in, when we have some few people who are great at sharing their money. But but some some of the people don't share so much money unless it's going to give them a tax break. And the people who need it the most, people who are hungry, the people who are don't have jobs, the homeless people, people who need it the most, oh, well, they're just left to suffer. That's what's been normal for us. Is that what you want to return to? Is that really what you want to return to? Because that was normal. Why well, want better than that? And I hope you want better than that, too. Our racial issues, our sexual orientation issues, our misogyny issues, our uh, the health issues, the economy issues, the political issues, the climate issues, all of those issues have always been the case. 
We just haven't paid attention. And under certain uh, leadership, we have done a great deal to try to alter the climate, to try to say, okay, we are responsible for the climate. Then we have other people saying, no, we're supposed to dominate the client. We're supposed to dominate. It is not supposed to dominate us. We're supposed to dominate it. And I've said in other shows, one of the things we need to learn is how to sit beside nature instead of trying to dominate it. We, we need to be equal with nature and power, not in control of it. And when we rape the world and uh, tear down forests that are necessary for oxygen, uh, and dig up our fossil fuels that are destroying our land um, and take away national parks that have salvaged, salvaged great chunks of land and try to use it for oil digs or drills. You know, that's all about how we think we're supposed to dominate nature instead of letting nature be equal with us. So this thing of equality doesn't just go to equality among races and among women, among sexual orientations, and uh, uh, it also goes to nature itself. In fact, all that has to do with nature itself. person's color is natural. It is his or her natural self. That's nature. A person's sexual orientation is natural. It is his or her natural beingness. That's who, they just fall in love with people of the same sex, or they are in in their authenticity. They are actually female when they have been born as a male, assigned a, a male gender. And so when when we say this is you know we're supposed to dominate nature, we forget that nature is a part of a person's race. It's a part of his or her sexual orientation. It's a part of his or her gender. It's natural. And so, but we've decided to dominate it and that we're going to control women and keep them in a a certain place and we're going to control the races and make sure they don't have, you know, they don't get more power than white people and we're going to control everything. We're going to be in charge. That idea needs to go. And so part of our transformation will be changing from that kind of normal to a new spirituality. So what will, we, what will we transform to? We will transform to a new uh, recognition of who we are as authentic beings. We can transform this collective to um, a, a new belief system about who we are as a people. We are people who share our economy with other people in the, in the same economic um, shelter, so to speak. We all, we all take care of each other economically. We, can, we could, if we chose to, rid the world of poverty. We could do that. We could rid the United States of poverty for sure just by uh, uh, taking the economy that is and making it more fair to all peoples. Not everyone can afford stocks and bonds. But those stocks and bonds could be used to help poor people and homeless people if we turned it around and used it that way. Our government could help with uh, people that have less income. We could raise the minimum wage. We could give people jobs by building a new infrastructure. We could 
take care of people's health so they don't have to go bankrupt taking care of their health. Um, these are all issues that we could do if we're thinking in terms of equality and sharing instead of in terms of dominance and competition. That's what needs to change in our collective thinking. We think in terms of dominating other people and dominating nature, and we don't think in terms of sharing and equality. And that can shift. This might be the time when we allow ourselves to let that shift to a new way of thinking. That, that won't mean that there's not still other issues we need to look at, for sure. But we're looking at the shadow of America right now. And the shadow of America is a darkness that says it's okay to lie to your people. It's okay to trick your people. It's okay to manipulate your people. It's okay to, uh, to continue to pour pollution into the waters and into the air. Um, it's okay to do that because we need money. It's okay to um, continue to destroy the earth and rape the earth with fracking and other drilling te- and drilling techniques that are damaging the earth. It's okay to do that because we need the money. And that, that's how we've thought. That kind of thinking, we need the money. That old saying that Jesus had said, you can't worship God and manna at the same time. Basically, what he's saying is, there's a, a, a and this is just Jesus. This is uh, Buddha had his sayings about it, and Krishna had his sayings about it as well. That, but what Jesus said was that you know it's impossible to have a spirituality that negates your conscience. It's impossible to have a spirituality that just pretends that it's okay to lie, and it's okay to cheat, and it's okay to manipulate and it's okay to dominate and it's okay to control our spirituality can't forever live under that kind of hypocrisy so now is the time to begin to change and then the next break after the next break we're going to talk about how we can transform so i want you to be here for that but right now we're just talking about what it is that we need to transform to we've talked about what was normal Now we need to talk about where we're going. If we transform, it will be a collective transformation that allows us all to be fairer to each other, to be kinder to each other, to be more sharing with each other, to take better care of each other. Um, You know, uh, fundamentalists are famous for quoting, uh, shouting Sodom and Gomorrah when they talk about uh, the GLBT movement. They talk about that and they say, Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah were rained on with terror because of the uh, gay and lesbian actions that took place in that city. But if you actually read the text of the Bible, the Old Testament or the Jewish Tanakh, what you find is that that is not at all the reason that they were destroyed. They were destroyed because they would not share economically with their sister cities. That's why they were destroyed. And uh, that information is just not spoken of much. But that's because people who espouse uh, some of the most fundamentalist uh, religions don't read the text. They don't read the sacred text, or if they do, they translate it without looking at the root language. So it's important for us to understand that, that we have already a basis in every religion we have a basis for 
living an equal life with other people. Um, some people say that it's okay to have slaves, in fact. Some people are still saying, in 2020, people are still saying that it's okay to have slaves because the Bible said that if you're a slave, just be satisfied with that and, and you know, uh, do what your slave owner tells you to do with a good attitude. Basically, I'm really paraphrasing majorly. But actually, that's not to say slavery is okay. That's basically saying, here you are in this environment, take the environment you have and use it for good. So, uh, yes, we can do that, absolutely. But the, the point is that people are using some of the sacred texts to promote ideas that are absolutely false. And one of the things that's said over and over and over and over and over again in the text of the New Testament is, beware of false prophets. Beware. And we've got um, some major false prophets out there right now telling people to hate, telling people to to be biased against LGBTQ people, uh, against women, and against um, races, very different races, and telling people to continue to... Uh, use religion as a bias, to be biased against people of other religions and say that those religions are false religions and this, yours is the true religion. This is not sacred. This is not sacred. This is not um, what comes from our sacred texts. This is just bias masking as religion. So when we change, when we transform what we will transform to is a much more spiritually accurate um, rendition of spirituality. It won't be uh, this hypocrisy that we call religion. It won't be we hate all Muslims because we're Christian. It won't be looking back at our history and denying the fact that we killed uh, millions of American Indians, Native Americans, because we... um, because we were biased, because we were filled with hate, but we called it Christianity. These are the things that will change. We will change to a much more spiritually accurate collective. And we're going to talk more about how we can begin to transform right after the break. Stay tuned for that. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Join host Marla Goldberg each week for guided spirit conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shoutouts. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided spirit conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back today asking the question, do we really want to return to normal? And what we've said thus far is that normal has been very, very um, corrupt. What our normal has been has been corrupt. And... If we want to uh, go back to that, then we're just going to end up where we are. I have a saying that I use that says, if I go back to where I was, I'm going to end up where I am. And I think that's very, very true, that, that you know, if, if we go back to what was, then we're just going to end up right back where we are because the shadow was never integrated. If we don't ever integrate the shadow of America we are not going to move forward. We're going to stay stuck. In a, and that stuckness might even be something as difficult and, and dark as the dictatorship. Uh, this noble experiment we started in America was based in spiritual ethics. It was based in the idea of equality for all people. And uh, that was not in any one religion. The founders had several different religions, and they came here to avoid the uh, to America to avoid the the oppression of religion in England, mainly England, but other countries as well. And so, uh, they founded our country on that, those premises. And so now uh, we are at a, a juncture in our history. Are we going to go forward into a democracy that we said we had and? but we didn't really, really have it. Are we going to go forward or are we going to go back and end up where we are again a few years down the road? That's the question. And if we want to transform, it's going to take some work. The work starts with looking at reality. That is something that I I find very, very interesting, that in America, we have a really hard time looking at reality and dealing in reality. We have right now two different versions of reality, and you get to pick whichever one you believe. You get to pick. (laughs) Instead of just recognizing that there truly is a reality that is the truth, we get to pick our reality. You can either go with Fox News Oh, you can go with other media, several other media stations other than Fox News. And if Fox News is your reality, then you believe X. And if you listen to these other people's reality, then you believe Y. That is not reality. That is not reality. We don't get to pick our reality. Hello. 
We don't get to pick our reality. We have to live with the reality that is. And so we need to start telling ourselves the truth. What's really going on here? Not based on an agenda of hate. Not based on an agenda that says that we are special people. We're the white people. We're the straight people. We're the ones that have the power. We're the ones that have the money. Not based on that. That's not spiritually ethical. That's not spiritually accurate. It's a lie. So we need to be able to transform to uh, stop lying to ourselves. We need to stop lying to ourselves. Look at reality. When uh, uh, a young man can come, uh, be brought to another city by his mother, take a gun and shoot peaceful protesters and have some people tell him that that was his right and that he was doing a good thing, that's not reality. That's not reality. That's a lie that we tell ourselves to hold on to an agenda. And the agenda is we're, we're special people, we're white, we're important, we have privilege, and you don't. You don't have that. So we have to treat you as less than, and we can do what we need to to make sure that you stay in that position. That's a lie. It has no spiritual accuracy to it. So that we need to be able to start looking at reality and what will happen monetarily so that we can, uh, so that we'll have stations that have to tell us the truth. We used to have a law that said that news people had to tell the truth. That got that got rescinded uh, under Reagan. Um, I don't know why, but it did. But it set up this whole process. That that rescindency, or if that's a word, I just coined a new word. That The fact that we rescinded that law created this problem we're in today. Um, we also need to learn to sit with external reality with our internal reality turned on. Um, we have not learned to sit with our internal reality at all. We're, we're a nation of externality. We, we like to think out there. We don't like to think about what's going on inside of us. And yet we have a movement going on throughout the nation that is uh, encouraging people to meditate. Meditation is one of the best ways we have of getting in touch with our own interior world. I have a blog on Psychology Today called Traversing the Inner Terrain. And it's basically psychological, but also a little bit spiritual as well. And basically what it's saying is that we ha- we've got to learn to walk into the internal world and learn what's in our internal world and then carry that out into the external world instead of taking the external world and trying to shove it into the internal world. That's what we've been doing for centuries. We've been trying to do what society says. We want to dress like other girls dress and dress like other boys dress and and talk like other boys and girls talk and and have the right coin words and have the right uh, coolness and ha- you know we have to uh, there's a right thing to do and the people that don't do the right thing they get made fun of or, or bullied worse bullied so uh, we we were raising our children in that environment and we as adults do the same stuff we mock certain people 
we saw our the candidate candidate for president mocking a, a disabled person uh, by waving his hand around, making funny faces, um, and that was atrocious. That was supposed to be, uh, and it is now, our president. And yet, and and that kind of mockery is saluted by certain people. And and that is what we need to look at. We need to say, I, I, my internal world cannot tolerate mockery of other persons. It hurts my heart to to see myself mocking other people. It hurts my heart to see myself putting black people or people of color down. It hurts my heart to see black people being abused by the police. It hurts my heart. That kind of reality is is going to get us to a more spiritually accurate place where we are coming from our hearts instead of just coming from an ethic we got raised with, an ethic of bias, an ethic of discrimination, an ethic of hate. Um, so we need to learn to, to look at the external world through our true internal eyes and feel the feelings that go with that and sit with those feelings long enough to really receive, oh my God, this is what I really truly feel. I don't want to discriminate against people anymore. And so when we, here's one of the things I know that's true. When you really get to know someone of another race or get to know someone who's a, who's a gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered person, if you really get to know them, or you really, if you're a man and you're biased against women, but you sit down and get to know some women, really get to know them, what you find out is that they're just people. They're all just people, just like you and me. If you get to ever talk to some celebrities that we think are special people, right? We put our celebrities on a pedestal and we say, they're special people. They're, they've got this money and they're, they're to be admired and to be modeled. They're models for us. We're supposed to look up to them. But what you find when you sit down and talk to these people is that they're just people. They're just people with the same kind of problems, the same kind of um, difficulties that everyone else has. They may have more money, but that's all. That's the only difference. The rest of it is just people. We're all just people. And so when we look inside and, and, and sit with what's going on inside of us, and really sit with that, and I mean, listen to it, and observe it, and honor it, and and make it real. That's the kind of th- change that we need to do to transform the collective of America. And then we need to ask some hard questions. Am I biased? One of the most difficult questions we have to ask ourselves is, am I biased? The answer is, if you've been raised in America, you probably have some kind of bias. You probably have some kind of bias hiding back in there. And you may feel it come up. If you're listening again to your internal world, you may feel it come up. And as it does, you can say, oh, yep, there's my bias. If you own it, instead of behaving out of it, then you can begin to, to shift that bias to a more accurate spiritual ethic. 
asking the hard questions can be also, um, you know, what about health? What about my health? What about people, the health of other people? What do I want to contribute to my own health and the health of other people? What do I want to contribute to the climate? What do I want to contribute to that? Each person individually needs to ask these hard questions. And as we do that, the collective begins to shift in its consciousness. So we need to come at our, 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 the external reality from our hearts, not from our histories, but from our hearts. Our histories can lie to us. They can tell us that we should continue to believe things that are false because that's what we got taught. But our hearts don't lie. And if we really get in touch with our authentic feelings, we're going to find some bias in there. We're going to find some true love in there. We're going to find that we really care about people in a way we didn't know we did. We open up that heart chakra by paying attention to what's going on inside of us. Um, we can also begin to change by do, changing our doing behaviors. When you see somebody mistreated, speak up. Say something about it. When you see somebody struggling financially in the grocery store, help them out. Help them out. Just give them some money. Uh, when you see somebody... Uh, um, struggling with sexual orientation, talk to them. Listen to their hearts. Get to know them. You're gonna, that's changing your doing behavior. You're changing your doing behavior, which also has the impact of changing your heart. You're, you, know, you begin to see things differently and feel things differently, and it changes you at a core level. And then we need to be able to gather others together so that we all do differently. We need to have meetings to talk about spiritual accuracy, not self-righteousness, not hypocrisy, which is the spiritual ethic of today, but, but true spiritual accuracy. I'm standing grounded in my own internal truth. I'm not lying to myself anymore, and I'm not lying to you either. I'm telling myself the truth. So we, get, so we get back to a deeper spirituality. Deep spirituality is peaceful, it's loving, it's joyous, it's kind, it's not seeking power over other people. These are the fruits of the Spirit that Paul talked about in the New Testament. They're also all the things that other religions talk about as, as, as sort of the gifts that we have when we get in touch with who we are. So, so when we're talking about change, transformation. We're talking about going inside, owning what you find in there, and beginning to live out of something that's truer to who you actually are than living out of the lies that we've been taught to believe. And we've been taught a passel of lies. Passel of lies. But now, because of all these crises, I'm really grateful for these crises, even though they're extremely difficult and I can say that easily because I'm not, I don't have COVID-19. Um, and I don't have a family member who's dying of COVID-19. So it's easier for me to say. But I, I will say that I'm kind of grateful for these times because they offer us a unique opportunity in the history of America to change America into the nation it promised to be when it got started. That's where we are. So... That job of giving birth to yourself that I talk about at the end of the show is what we're talking about today. We're talking about opening up to your own authenticity. 
and becoming more real. As you do that, the whole nation becomes more real. So, all right, that's our show for today. We'll be back again next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week. 